Welcome to the Conquer Food Podcast with Craig and Paula Williams, where we share tips, tricks and strategies from the coalface of the weight loss industry in the UK. We're going to help you to think, eat and move better. Ultimately, we're going to help you finally gain control and conquer food. Hey guys, welcome to the Conquer Food Podcast. Uh, it's me, Craig Williams, your host for today. It's another solo cast where I'm going to dive into some fitness and fat loss um, tips, tricks and strategies to help keep you on track and make sure you're getting all the gains and the positive results that you, you should expect from your training. Um, I had a question recently on Facebook uh, from a good friend, Nilly, who's basically talking about, basically asked, how often we should train. Um, So I want to dive into that. We call it in the industry training frequency. So how often you train. Um, Now it does depend on a couple of different things, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. And I'm also going to give you um, a framework of how how I kind of track um, and also decide how frequently I should train and at what intensity uh, and what volume I should do. Okay, so it's a little four-step thing that you can do every day. And actually, it's just a great habit to get into. Uh, it takes seconds to do, but it just makes you much more aware of what's going on in your body. Um, so before we get into that, please, whatever platform you're on, please leave us a five-star review. Uh, if you're finding this information helpful, it'll do two things. First of all, it'll let us know that we're on the right track, that we're providing the right information and you're enjoying it. And secondly, it's going to help other people find this information. And there are some people out there really, really struggling and um, and I can't I can't bear that. So please do them a favor, do yourself a favor, and uh, and leave that five star review. Okay, so let's get into it. Specifically, we're talking about how many times we should train in a week. Okay, so a couple of things that that this really does depend on. Uh, there's three things actually. The first one is is the intensity of the training that you're actually doing. It stands to reason that if you are absolutely busting a gut and smashing it in the latest CrossFit ward or you're doing double body pump, a double spin or something like that, that intensity is going to require a great deal more rest than perhaps a slow, steady Pilates session or a yoga session or something like that. And in essence, what what I want you to bear in mind is that for every session you do it's going to need a certain amount of rest in order for your body to adapt and remember your body adapting to to stress which is what fitness is to the body that is the process of getting fitter and so therefore getting fitter takes place not in the gym but but afterwards when you're resting when you're refueling and you know when you're asleep so so bear that in mind um and from what i see is there are a lot of people that absolutely bust the gut uh, and, and neglect neglect rest. They, they certainly don't give themselves enough rest. Now they kind of get get through it, but between that, between having jobs that just keep us awake all the time and working hard, the long commute and general stress in life, that and stressful foods such as caffeine and other to- alcohol and other toxins that we put inside our body, um, it's no wonder then that a large percentage of of us are walking around and we're incredibly fatigued both mentally, but also physically as well. So what we're trying to do by making sure we've got enough rest is that we stave off that fatigue to make sure that we are fresh every time 
we start uh, a training session. Now, one thing I will say is you can't necessarily work on how you feel because, you know, we, we've all done those tough sessions before where we're like, my God, you know, my legs are aching and, and, and you know, I shouldn't train on this because th that those legs aching is not really a great indication of, of how you've trained. Sometimes, you know, I'm sure you've experienced it yourself. You can do stuff and think, oh, that was, right. that was quite easy. But because you've gone beyond a, a normal range of motion with your muscles, let's say all of a sudden you're, you're doing squats with your ass almost to the grass, then you, you're going to feel that because you've worked the muscle in a range that it's not used to. Um, and the other thing as well, you know, the, the inverse of that, where you've done an absolute killer session and thinking, you know what, I'm going to ache after that. And then the next day, you're perfectly fine. So it's not; it's just not a great indication. Um, there, there is another way to kind of monitor it, and 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 it's 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 a bit of a it's a bit of it's not an exact science uh, unless you've got the the kit and the the knowledge to do it. Um, but you can you can kind of work off your heart rate. Now, a very popular way uh, used to be, and, and to some extent still is, working on your resting heart rate. So in essence, what you do is you take your heart rate um, first thing in the morning before you do anything else. When you're laid there in bed, most fitness trackers will track that anyway and give you an average heart rate. And um, and and after a couple of days, maybe a week or so, you'll work out what your average heart rate is. Now, one way that you can do this roughly, and I, and I do stress that that it is roughly, is that if your heart rate is plus or minus 10 beats per minute, it could suggest that you are overtrained and therefore should pull back on the intensity, the frequency and the volume. Um, like I said, it's not an, an exact science. Something that is much more accurate is what we call the HRV, the heart rate variance. Um, basically what it does is it monitors the, the, the time between the first heartbeat and the second. So if you think that a heartbeat is like dum. So the, the, the time between the dirt and, and I can't believe I'm doing this and the dumb, okay, they kind of you kind of measure that, which is obviously why you need sort of the kit to do it. There are a couple of apps that do it and uh, will do it for you quite relatively accurately. Um, it's not something I've really dove into too much, but basically, yeah, it, it tracks that, it checks that that variance in in the heart rate. And whether it's up or down or long, slightly longer or whatever, it could dictate whether you're in a stressful state. Now, what I do know is that with with uh, research that they've done with this is that if you do a really tough session, sometimes you can wake up the next day and your average heart rate is perfectly fine. And if you used to check your HRV, you would see that you're, you're stressed. Okay, because sometimes there's a bit of a lag on that average heart rate and, you know, it might not kick in for another couple of days, which is why it's a bit, you know, you might wake up tracking your average heart rate and think, oh, you know, what? I can, I can kill it again in the gym. I can smash it out. And actually you are stressed and you are overtrained. And, and in essence, what we're trying to do with this is every time we work hard and we start to, you know, and, and we imagine it's like a, a line graph, we start to arc up. And then it starts to flat, flatten out depending on how much you've worked. When it starts to dip, that's almost, you know, we start to recover. We kind of need to dip a little bit. Before we go all the way to the bottom where we've got no gains at all, we kind of then need to jump in again. But sometimes if, you, if you're training constantly and doing way too much, and I know there's a lot of people doing, you know, because they've got nothing else to do right now, double training sessions and all that kind of stuff. It, it, just, it just might not. It's not just sustainable. And, and if you're doing that, you've, you've really got to question 
the kind of exercise you're doing because, you know, depending on what form of exercise you do, 20 minutes to an hour is enough for most people. Like, we you know, we're not pro athletes. And, and any more than that is you've really got to, you've really got to question how rested you are and how, and therefore, how beneficial the training you're doing is to you, whether you're, whether you're like getting fitter or whether actually you're, you're just increasing, increasing the chance of injury or you are running your adrenals down or, or whatever. So hopefully you kind of un understand that. Okay, so obviously we've, we've, we've spoken about frequency and we've also talked about intensity as well, but another factor that's going to come into play is your volume. So this is like how much of something you do. So if you're doing the popular challenge right now, 100 burpees uh, every day in May, um, the volume there is it's 100 reps, you know, and you do that and, and that's... That, that's what it is. But if you was doing like a thousand reps or all of a sudden you was doing it with a weighted vest on, you see how the volume of training has gone up as well as the intensity. Uh, and all of this causes different stresses on the body requiring time to adapt. All right. So, so bear that in mind. One other factor, which is not directly relative to your training right now, is what we call your training experience. So it's what you've done in the past. So if we took a uh, a professional athlete in whatever sport, they would get away with being able to train much more frequently than the average person that's just getting started, um, that's not been training for very long, or doesn't particularly work at a, you know, at an intense level yet. Okay, so bearing in mind your training experience, so just check that and sort of think, you know, have have I been training regularly for a good couple of years? And uh, and if you have, then you can probably shave a few hours, maybe even half a day, a day off your rest time there because your, your body is used to that adaptation process and used to the stuff that you've done. So a couple of things I want to stress before I move on and give you the little framework you can use to check is, first of all, you know, you've got to understand this principle that rest is where fitness happens. That That's where we, that's where we get fit. That's where we, you know, we, we generally create our fitness at times of rest, specifically when we're in the real deep cycle of sleep um, you know, when, when we're uh, at night time. So, so remember that. And it's really easy to think because you get immediate feedback from fitness. Like, you know, when you've done 10 burpees, you can feel it. As humans, we, we like that because we, it, it kind of lets us know that we're progressing. But actually, the real progression comes later on when, you're, when your body uh, adapts to it. So, uh, therefore, it's easy to be thinking, right, I'll do loads of training and forget about the rest. Because you feel like you're moving forward and, and, and creating adaptation, but perhaps you're not, and it's having an adverse effect. So remember that. I also want to just be aware of some of the signs and symptoms that you will experience if you are overtraining. So a couple of things to, that are going to give you a little bit of an idea. The first one is sleep. If it is disrupted or you're sleeping way, way more than you normally do, that can be an indication that you're sleeping and that you should perhaps back off a little bit. The next thing is your appetite. Appetite is one of those things that will either shoot up or shoot down if you're if you're um, overtraining. It's different for different people and it's different for different sports quite often and, and different activities. Okay, but if your appetite, if there's a significant change in those circadian things, then you know you should really sort of either you know just pull back a little bit. I would say. Um, and the other thing that I would say is if you're if you're picking up little niggles and injuries and you just can't seem to shake them off or you've got a long-standing injury in that which you just can't, you know, you, you can't uh, get rid of, 
then that could be an indication that you're overtraining. Uh, and the final one is if you keep getting like a common cold or little sniffles or a sore throat or headaches, again, that can, and you can't attribute to something else, that can be an indication that you're fatigued and that your immune system is a little bit suppressed. Okay, so there's a couple of things there and there's, there's lots of others, but just by keeping an eye on those kind of things, you can keep yourself on the straight and narrow. Um, so protocols, there's... What I mean by protocols is there are certain ways that somebody should chain, should train in order to generate certain results in the body. Okay, so most people listening to this, I would say, are trying to lose a few pounds and perhaps get a little bit fitter. Okay, but it might be the other end of the spectrum might be you're a bodybuilder and you're trying to get massive muscular gains. Another end of the spectrum there might be that you're a strength, a power lifter, and you're trying to get the most strength and actually image size because there's a theory in strength in power lifting that weight moves weight. That's why you see big, big guys lifting all the weights um, that are really, really strong. I think we're kind of in the middle. You know, we want a little bit of weight loss and we want a little bit of a boost to fitness, okay, within reason. Now, you can do all that training just three or four times a week. You don't need to be training every day, okay, because it, it might well be too much. You can achieve all those things if your training is smart and it's specific to what you're trying to do and it's keyed at the right intensity with a min with minimum rest during your session and enough rest after your session, then that's enough time because remember that your weight loss is going to be greatly dictated by the food that you put into your mouth. Your fitness is going to be dictated by the activity that you do. Um, so, and, and, and that's kind of that's kind of enough. You know, we don't have to be absolutely smashing ourselves two or three times a day in order to get the results. And remember that it, it's it's like it's like weight loss and counting calories, for example. Like if we count calories and let's say we restrict our calorie intake to 1500 calories a week, when we get to the end of the week, if we don't get a weight loss, the first thing we do is go, right, okay, well, I'm going to cut it down to 1300 calories then. Okay. And we, we think that by reducing the calorie constantly, and this is why people get to the stage where they're eating six or 700 calories a day, thinking that that's, that's going to um, speed up their weight loss. And, and it's not, it's, it's counterintuitive, I know, but that does, it doesn't work like that. And it's exactly the same with fitness, but um, the, the, other, the other sort of edge of the sword, we, we think the more fitness we do, the better it's going to be. But if you're training three, you know, two or three hours a day, intense training, you've got to be looking at what you're doing because, you know, and, it, and you're not getting the results you want because it, it's wrong somewhere. You shouldn't have to do that. Okay. Um, Similarly, if you're if you're doing when we look at intensity, if you're doing something that's long and slow and steady, well, then you don't necessarily need a, a, a ton of rest on the back of that. You know, if you're doing like a, a five mile walk and you're used to doing that every day, well, then that's fine. You know, you can do that and every day and, and you're fine. So I'm hoping you're kind of getting the idea there. Um, one way that you can mix up your frequency, your intensity and volume, uh, train more often and reduce the amount of rest days or rest periods you have is to use what we call splits. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, I don't think anybody that's looking to manage weight and get a little bit fitter should be doing bicep curls and, you know, and, and tricep extensions and chest and, and all this kind of stuff. So 
But what you could do is you could split your training using a split, which is all your pull exercises on one day, all your push exercises on another, and then, you know, perhaps a, like a long, slow, steady day um, on the third day. And then if you're feeling up to it using the framework I'm going to give you in a minute, then you could either crack on with your push-pull um, long, slow duration split there or have a rest day because you know you need it. Um, things, exercises that are in the push, you know, think about anything where you're pushing. Uh, so press-ups, pressing above the head, squatting, you know, um, and you know anything where you're actually sort of trying to move things away from the body is is like a push. When you look at pull, it would be things like deadlift, perhaps a kettlebell swing, um, bicep curls. So you get the idea. The push, push, pull, pull ups would be another one. Okay, so um, yeah, so so they they kind of split. So you can you can change like you don't want to be doing load because this is what a lot of young lads tend to do they do loads of bench press and they do loads of shoulder press shoulder press and and flies and that kind of stuff because they're working the what we call the glamour muscles so building a big chest building big arms and then they forget sometimes the back which is a huge muscle group and also the legs and this is where you see guys with massive you know really well developed upper body and then tiny little spider legs you know because they've, they've got their They've got their split wrong. Okay, so make sure that it's quite balanced. Another thing that you can do as well is factor in what we call working in days. So we all know what working out is, but working in is things that you do which will promote recovery, promote rest, and generally make you feel better. And, you know, these could be things like a, like a, a, a stroll, uh, you know, a steady dog walk, or, or even just sitting and meditating in, 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 in outdoors, um, Pilates, a low intensity like yoga session, maybe a gentle swim, a gentle bike ride, but it's all these gentle stuff and you sort of think, well, I'm not really doing much here, but you are. You're working in, you're working on you, you know, and if you, you need to be in the best state to be able to perform when you're working out, okay? Quick question whilst we're here is, um, I've, now that I've said that, have a little think about all the things that you could use for working in and, uh, and whatever it is, comment below, I'm quite interested. Okay, so the framework that I was talking about that you use, that you can use, um, and I use this every day, every night I complete this little test. Um, I do what I call a mesh test. A mesh stands for stands for four factors that you can track. Now, all you need to do, I have a little notebook and, and I track my food, fitness, recovery, and do a summary of the day and a gratitude journal every night without fail. Uh, last thing I do in bed and at the top of the page I have this mesh test so I just have the initials M-E-S-H written across the top of the page and then what I want you to do is I want you to mark it mark each one of these factors 1 to 10 1 being absolutely pants 10 being absolutely amazeballs okay so so this is kind of how it works the M stands for mood your mood is going to be a massive indicator of whether you're well rested or not. Your mood is going to be a big indicator of how you're actually going to train because you might be well rested, but if you're in a shitty mood because someone's pissed you off or there's a lot going on in your life right now, it's going to affect your training. So what I want you to do is I want you to think about your general mood first thing in the morning or just before you're going to train and then just mark it out of 10. Okay. The next one then is your energy levels. Are you feeling depleted before you even get going? Have you not slept last night and therefore, you know, you feel a little bit low and like bleh, a bit flat? 
Or are you completely charged and ready to, to smash into it? Okay, so mark that one out of 10. It's completely subjective, whatever you think it is. The S is your stress. How is your stress right now? Is it one, as in like absolutely rock bottom? This is, you know, this is terrible. Like I can't cope. I've got to focus on these stressful things to get them sorted. I can't think about anything else. Or is it number 10 where you are just like, oh, free as a bird, like a Buddhist monk, no stress at all. Okay, mark it out of 10, see what you get. And then, and then the H is health, your general health. I mean, have you, are you carrying little niggles, little injuries? Have you got a cold? You know, for a long time now, I've had tendonitis in both my elbows. Um, so my health has been capped a little bit because I don't want to be aggravating that too much. Okay, so by the time you've worked through the mesh test, you will come up with um, a rating for each factor, your mood, your energy, your stress and your health. Okay, what I want you to do then is roughly... And it only has to be rough. You will kind of know, you know, if you're giving yourself a few extra points whilst you're doing the average, then you could give that's a bit of an indication of what you should be doing. Um, and if you're deducting a couple of points, you're rounding down, well, then that's a bit of an indication that you need to be pulling back a little bit. Okay, so think about what you're doing. A rough average. I want you to total up the scores, divide it by four, and see what your average is. So if you've got fives across the board then your average will be five. You know, if you've got eights across the board, your average is eight. Now, the key is that average number. The higher it is, the more intensely, the more frequently, and the greater the volume your training should be. So I hope that makes sense in that, you know, if you get a really high score, you think, right, today I'm going to crush it. One, because I'm in the right mood, right? Nothing else is affecting me right now. And remember, a significant amount of your fitness and your results and your ability to adhere to habits and, and, and that kind of thing is dictated by your, your mindset, you know? So if your mood's right, go and crush it. If you've got the required energy, okay, go at it. If you haven't, pull back a little bit. If you're free from stress, even if it's not just physical stress, but it's mental stress, you know, if you're absolutely smashing out um, exams, or, or tests or doing lots of work because you're in a massive growth period of, uh, in your business or whatever, pull back a little bit and do a little bit more working in than you do working out. And then the final one is your general health. There is no point trying to crush, crush it in the gym like an absolute ninja if you're, you're not in great general health. Get that fixed and then get back into it. Or if you are in general health and you're like no excuses, right now you need to go at it. Okay, so, so that is the mesh test. Like I said, I use it every day um, and it kind of dictates what I'm doing. And quite often I think, you know what, I should train. I should train today. And we beat ourselves up with guilt because it's like we should be doing it, but we just don't feel like it. When you look at your mesh test, all of a sudden you've got permission just to back off a little bit. And it might be that you just do a working in day. Or it might be that you do absolutely nothing and look after yourself. It's more of a, a self-care self-love day where you get yourself under the duvet and watch the telly okay but if you look at your mesh test and it's like right i've got no excuse i can do something or you've got no excuse i can do everything go at it and get it done so i hope you found this episode of benefit and like i said before if you have please leave us a five-star review it really does help and uh, and until the next podcast take care 
And thank you podcasters for joining us again on the Conquer Food Show. Hopefully you picked up some great nuggets of information there. Make sure you join us next week for another episode. And if you've enjoyed this, please like, share and give us a little review on iTunes. It all helps. Take care.